Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. going to let God keep working if that's okay. I don't know why you're here this morning, but I'm here to meet with the living God. When the living God starts to move, we can't, we don't really have any say in what he's about to do. We just say, come Holy Spirit and let him work and let him move. I grew up in the Pentecostal movement and we used to, things used to get really crazy, but not too crazy, right? Because God's a God of order, right? I, I use these, right? I use my <laughs> order. Can I talk to you about order for a second? Order, if God is a God of order, then when, and the Holy Spirit is God, then when the Holy Spirit shows up, what happens? Order. Let me say that again. God is a God of order, and the Holy Spirit is God. So when the Holy Spirit shows up, what else shows up? Order. You see, sometimes we need him to take things out of our hands and actually put them into order. And God is not like us. Thank you. He doesn't do things how I think he should do things. He doesn't run a service like Brent Jones would run a service. He doesn't lead us into a time of worship like Jesse Meyer would lead us into worship. Is Jesse anointed to do that? Oh yeah, you bet. He's amazing. But when God shows up and wants to lead us into a place of order, it's his way, not our own. Amen? Amen. So can we just submit to God's way this morning? Can we just say, God, it's your way, not mine? Yeah, just, just speak that out. God, it's your way, not mine. Even as the word goes out today, it's, it's his way. Now, and th- you know what? Sometimes God makes me uncomfortable. And that's okay. Do you know, I'm okay with being uncomfortable with what God does sometimes. That's okay. So we're just asking for the full outpouring of his Holy Spirit, the manifestation of his presence in this place today. God, I just ask that you would come and anoint your word. As it goes forth, Lord, let it just be received in hearts that are ready for it today. Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal Jesus through your word today? We submit to your word today, God. Would you come and teach us, speak to us, and encourage us in Jesus' name? And everyone said... Amen. I'm not going to get into last week's message a lot. Um, Pastor Trevor did an amazing job kicking us off in a new series we're in in Philippians. And we're just taking a, um, a snapshot of each of these chapters every week and uh, just actually some passages there. Um, and I'm going to read through it in just a minute, but I want you to know it is just a snapshot. It's not like the complete book today. We're not talking about the whole thing. We're just going to talk about a few things and encourage our hearts out of this passage, but it's an excellent message. I encourage you to watch it and um, online. You can watch it on YouTube or on our website, anywhere that um, you find that kind of stuff and um, be encouraged by that and kind of get this series kicked off for you in Philippians. You know, there's a lot going on in the world today. There's a lot going on. And, you know, you could just pick any given day and be like, there's a lot going on in the world today. (laughs) But... You know, this weekend, there's a lot going on in the world. And there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about a lot of the things that are going on in the world. 
You're not on social media, right? And I just want us to stay focused today. We're going to focus our hearts like Paul does. In this passage we're reading, Paul focuses our hearts because there is a lot going on. There is a lot um, happening. I actually, you know, there's so much. I actually heard that, um, you know, this week that the Kansas City Chiefs traded Taylor Swift to the Jets. (laughs) Come back, Holy Spirit. (laughs) I didn't mean that. Sorry, it had to be said. We're going we're gonna to read this. <laughs> oh, I do stuff like that. I should just stay spiritual, but sometimes I just got to not. They needed a quarterback, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Open your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 1. You have your Bible, you have your Bible app. It'll be up on the screen too. Philippians chapter one. We're gonna start in verse 12. We're gonna read through verse 30. I've bolded some things up on the screen today as we read. So just, you know, that's not in the Bible. That's just me bolding things as I go. One time I was putting my message in and I realized that the whole passage has been bolded and I just, it's like I should re- reevaluate. So... I want you to know, brothers, that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former are San Jose State fans. That is the last reference I'm going to make, I promise. You guys are like, we're in the middle of reading the Bible and you just throw this, I won't do it again. I promise. It's not even bolded. Look. Okay. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Verse 18, what then? Only that in every way, say in every way. way. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. And it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. But that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is far more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Verse 27. 
Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit and with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that from God, verse 29, for it has been granted to you, that's actually the title of today's message, for it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. This is God's word. This is a snapshot of Paul's attitude about his present struggle and what the early church would face as well very soon. He says to them that suffering, that what they are experiencing has been granted to them. Seems like an interesting term, doesn't it? What, you're in, what you see I'm going through and what you're now starting into has been granted to you like a gift. It's been given to you. Paul understood something that theologians came to realize thousands of years later, which was that the temporary suffering of Christ followers only served to further the gospel and advance the church and was really a church that was emboldened by freedom. It, listen, this, it, it served only to advance the gospel. The suffering, the persecution, the martyrdom in the church served to spread the gospel like wildfire all over the world. You see, the gospel, it only served to further the gospel and, and the advancing church. And it was really, this church at that time was emboldened, not by freedom of speech or freedom to gather, rather the opposite. As Christians were captured, imprisoned, tortured, and martyrs, martyred, the gospel took off like wildfire. Notice that instead of bemoaning the state of the world in his letter at the time, which it was getting increasingly dark for Paul, he doesn't do that. Paul says, out of my chains, the gospel advances. Out of my enemy's envy and rivalry, the gospel goes forward. Out of my own suffering, Christ is glorified. And now it has been granted to you, lucky you, to suffer for him just like I am. And Christ will be glorified through your suffering and through your struggles. Christ will be glorified. The gospel will advance. See, nobody wants to struggle and go through difficult times. Nobody. I mean, there's a couple suckers out there, maybe. But nobody's just like, yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds great. No, actually, what do we do? We actually pray and ask God to take us out of the hardship, right? Out of the struggle, and that's fine. We should pray about that. We should ask God, Lord, take this away from me. Lord, take me out of this struggle. Lord, take me out of this difficulty. We should pray and we should ask. We pray quoting scriptures and asking God to deliver us from suffering and we should. We should pray in faith and ask that God would take us out of the suffering, that it would be removed and then, and then we should consider how God may advance the gospel through it. We should pray and ask that the struggle, that the suffering, that the pain, that the heartache, that the situation that we're in, the struggle that we're in, we should pray and say, God, remove it from me, deliver me from it. And then we should look around and see how the gospel, how the good news of Jesus, how the kingdom of God can be advanced in our present situation. Amen. Amen. 
We can get so distracted by the struggle itself that we can miss the opportunity in front of us for the good news of Jesus to transform somebody. I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. We can get so distracted by the struggle itself that we can get completely off base and not see that there's somebody around us that needs to be impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ in their life. We don't like suffering. I don't like suffering. I don't like struggle. I don't like pain. We don't think it's necessary that we should suffer. And we certainly don't have a solid theology for suffering in the church today, at least in the Western church. All through Acts, though, we see persecution and imprisonment. And the church responds by praying for Peter, right? Remember that? Peter's in prison. What does the church do? They respond. They all get together in the house and they pray together. Why? For Peter to be delivered, right? Yes. Amen. They pray for Peter. They pray for Paul. They pray for Silas when they're in prison. Sometimes these people were miraculously delivered and sometimes they were not. One time Peter was rescued from that prison and went to the house where everybody was praying. And when the doorbell rang, they thought it was Peter's ghost because he sure must have been put to death. Remember that story? Rhoda answers the door and she runs away because she's like, oh, no way. That can't actually be Peter. An angel had rescued him in the night. They heard his voice outside and they said, that can't be Peter. That must be his angel, they said. How could God get glory through my struggle? How could God get glory through my pain, through my present situation, through the heartache, through suffering, through illness and disease, through pain going on in my family, through divorce, through trial? How could God get glory from struggle? How could the gospel advance through my pain? I, I'm not here to give you the answer to that this morning. I'm here to prompt the question. You see, some of us, I, I know this. I, I get so wrapped up in praying about God, God's deliverance that I forget to pray for who God might, to, might want to deliver while he's delivering me. I forget to look around. See, what the enemy didn't know, and we heard this last uh, week in Pastor Trevor's message, he, he, so, uh, he walked us through that so beautifully, how what the enemy planned for evil by locking Paul and Silas up in prison actually ended up saving an entire jail, a jailer and his family. It saved the whole situation. Why? They weren't caught up in, it says they were locked away. They were down in the dungeon. They actually were put in stocks and chains as well. And all of that could have been a huge distraction to them, except what were they doing instead? Rejoicing, worshiping, and praising God. You see, they didn't have their eyes on the shackles and their eyes on the stocks and their eyes on the chains. They had their eyes on the Savior and they were wondering who in this jail might need him today. How could God get glory through my situation? So we ask, we ask this, who has this suffering brought into my life? If you're in current suffering right now, you're in current struggle, if you're not, write it down for later. We need to ask, who has this suffering brought into my life? In Paul's case, a prison guard and his family, a fellow inmate, maybe a nurse or a doctor, 
an estranged family member, a returned child or parent, a neighbor, an insurance rep, a hospital rep, I don't know, a nursing home staff. We don't necessarily know or get to choose our circumstances, but we do get to choose how the world around us sees us walk through it. I don't get to choose sometimes. Now, I'm not talking about the stuff I stick myself into. That's a whole other sermon. He doesn't deal with that in Philippians. He has a couple other places for that. I don't always get to choose my present circumstances. But I do get to choose how the world around me watches me walk through them with Jesus Christ. And right now, All around the world, the church is being watched by their neighbors, their friends, their co-workers to see how we will walk through situations that happen in our own lives and in our own walk with Jesus. Most of the time when I'm going through it, I'm so laser focused on getting out of it that I rarely look around to see who's watching my life because of it. I do have some encouragement for you here though. Turn to Job chapter 36. I always get encouraged by Job. I don't know. He's like that guy I can point to and be like, it can always get worse. (laughs) Right? Like when I'm going through it, like I'm like, oh man, wow, man, my life, my life, my life. I used to open up Job. Like it can always be way worse. Hey, you live in America. It can always be worse. Right? Job 36, verse 15 says this. This is a little gem, just a little gem that you might want to just keep. But those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. Just leave that right up there if you would, Peter. Those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. He delivers in our suffering. It doesn't say he delivers us from. Does God deliver us from things? Yes. Please don't. That's not what I'm talking about today. God will deliver you out of it. His name is deliverance. Okay. So some of you are going to argue with me later, like, well, God is a God. Yes, he is. And I've seen it. And he wants to deliver me in it as well. He wants to speak to me in it as well. He is the great deliverer and he will deliver us when we cry out to him or he will deliver us in the struggle. We cry out for revival, forgetting that the fires of revival are stoked in the furnace of suffering. We beg God for renewal, discounting that the flames of renewal have always been set ablaze by the winds of struggle. That's how renewal starts. That's how revival starts. Do you know, um, we have an example of it in the Old Testament with the three Hebrew children who were thrown into what? A fiery furnace. Did God take them out of there? Yes, he did. Was God in there with them? Yes, he was. Sometimes God doesn't want to just pull you out of the fire. He wants to work on you in the fire and deliver you, speak to you, whisper beautiful deliverance to you in the flames of the fire that you're in right now. 
writing this letter to the church in Philippi, Paul sees the, person, the persecution of the church is just starting. This letter happened sometime in the early 60s. Not the peace and love 60s. You guys with me? All right. This happens in the early 60s. Paul's reaching the end of his race. And he's looking ahead and he's seeing the persecution for the church is only now just beginning. There was another 250 years where it progressively, very quickly, got very, very, uh, it escalated very quickly. And all over the, everywhere that the church was, they were being persecuted, they were being martyred, they were being imprisoned, they were being tortured. And Paul can be, Paul's beginning to see this in Philippi. How do we know? Because he says, hey, remember what happened to me when I was in your town? It's happening to you now. Remember what happened to him? We read it in, in Acts chapter 16. He got imprisoned in their town. And he's writing back to them saying, hey, remember what happened to me? I see it's now happening to you. Here's the prescription of what we do now. Here's where we go from here. For the next 250 years, these words of Paul would bring faith to the hearts of Jesus followers as emperor after emperor ratchets up the imprisonment, torture, and martyrdom of believers. The advancing gospel correlates directly with the level of persecution received by the early church. And I believe that renewal is coming to the church in our time. I said, I believe that renewal is coming to the church, the body of Christ in our time and in our day. Do you believe that? That's what we're asking for. We're asking God for a renewal of the church. We're asking him for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, amen? We're asking him for fresh fire to fall on his church and fresh fire will consume us until what's left is him. Until what's left is the good news of Jesus Christ because that's all that will remain. You and I, the, like Jesus said, uh, like was said of Jesus by John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. Listen, generation, I'm speaking to you. In these days that we live in right now, we have to be praying the prayer of John the Baptist that says, he must increase, I must decrease in this day and in this time. He must increase. The good news, the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ must be pushed to the forefront. And my petty wants and needs and desires must decrease. What I want, what I think should happen, what I think should be going on, and I need to push forward the advancing gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ at any cost. This is the time and the hour for that. We're living in it today. I believe that we will see sparks, we'll see fires of revival burn in our generation. We've already started to see the sparks on college campuses and high school campuses all over. We're seeing it in the nations of the world. We're seeing revival break out. We're seeing it, it's happening, sparks. But do you know what fans it into flame? Struggle, strife, pain. That is the wind that blows on those embers of the gospel and says, hey, Jesus Christ is the hope for the world and nothing else. You see, no earthly person is going to bring about a, a, a peace like Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. No earthly system can bring the revival that you and I are looking for and that we're crying out for. Nobody. There's not a nation on earth that has a recipe to see the advancing kingdom of God move forward. Only Jesus does. So in this day and in this time, we elevate the message of the gospel and we de-escalate our own wants and desires. We push them down and say, Jesus, you're our all in all. It's what the apostle Paul said. What did he say? To live is Christ. 
to die is gain, but to live is Christ. In other words, if I'm going to be here in the body, here in the flesh, it's just going to be Christ. It's just going to be the message of Jesus. It's just going to be the message of the gospel. It's just going to be the good news advancing through my life. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Paul tells us in Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, he says to Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And in Ephesians chapter 6, having done all to stand, stand firm therefore. Even though this is like coming after the whole armor of God passage and, you know, we like to pray it over ourselves every morning and that's amazing. That's awesome. But that's not what Paul was saying here. You see, this is not a description of an army in battle. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, army of God. No, he's talking to a soldier. A soldier. He's talking to one under assault. This is a description of a soldier under assault. And he says what? Stand. Sometimes in the struggle, sometimes in the assault, sometimes all you can do is just stand. And when you've done everything else to stand, stand. Stand in the suffering, stand in the struggle, stand under the assault, stand on the promise that God is with you. Psalm, you're like, what promise? Psalm 23, let me show you. Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Even though I walk through it, even though I walk through it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not around it. We walk through it, and he's with us in it. He's not simply waiting for us at the other end. Aren't you thankful? He's not just standing at the finish line. He's in the race with us. He's not just standing at the edge of darkness, waiting for us to emerge from the darkness. He's in the valley of the shadow of death. Our theology of struggle can't just be, God, you got to get me out of here. It also has to include, God, I need you in here with me now. Some of us need to cry out today with that prayer. God, I need you in here with me now. Some of you are in it and it's time to pray and say, God, I need you in here with me now. I'm not saying deliverance isn't coming. I'm not saying he's not going to pull you out miraculously. I bet he will because I know my God. But I will say this. Sometimes we just need to pray and say, God, I need you in here with me now. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you are with me. That's what you've promised. Like Paul said to the church in Philippi, listen, you're starting to go through it now, just like I've seen happening to me. Like you've seen it happening to me. Things are getting darker and darker. And the goal is not for Jesus to take me out of the darkness all of the time, though sometimes he does. The goal is for you to know that he's with you in the darkness. Paul says, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether in life or in death. Life always seems better to us humans, right? That's what fight or flight is about. We all have it. Every single one of us have this put into us. Life always seems better. Fight or flight, if you're going to, like, that's what gets you through. That's what helps you survive as a human being. If you're faced with certain death, what are you going to do? You're going to run or you're going to fight. 
but you're not just gonna lay there and go, right? That's what God put into us, but that also sometimes makes it so we resist the working of the Holy Spirit in us that he's do, when he's walking us through the darkness and he's going with us. Paul says, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Life always seems better to us humans, but Paul says that in life or death, Christ will be exalted whatever happens, whether I live or die. John chapter one, verse five. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I want you to read that again. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Light shines in the darkness. Job, he says it just to us in the same passage. He says he speaks to them in their affliction in the darkness. Psalm 34, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. So I want us to stand together. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna just make a shift in our service this morning. Let's stand up all over the room. Worship team, would you guys just come up? Job says he speaks to us in our affliction. Some of you are in it today and you just need God to speak to you and he's going to speak to you today. You say, I'm just in it. I'm going through it. I need God to speak to me in it. He's going to do that today. But Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Somebody who's in it, God's near to you right now. If you're just, you're in the struggle and you're in pain and you're suffering, God is near to you right now. When you're going through it, there's a nearness and a closeness from God. His presence is near to us in a sweet way that we may not feel when everything is just going great. Did you know that? Ask anyone who's ever gone through any extended struggle, pain, or difficulty in their life, and I guarantee you, if they're a believer, you will hear about how close Jesus drew them to himself in that time and in that season. Ask anybody who's been through it, anybody who's been through the crisis, anybody who's been through the struggle, and they will tell you, I felt so close to him in that time. He drew me so close. Today, Jesus wants to draw you, draw you close to himself. Psalm 56 says, you put my tears in a bottle, aren't they in your book? I love that. See, he's with you right now. Right where you are, he's with you. Every tear, every prayer, he's with you. Every cry, every word, he's with you. He is with you. He is with you right now in the struggle, right now in the pain, right now in your situation, he's with you. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. This morning, if, if, if you're in the struggle, I want you just to come forward. We're just standing all over the room. If you're, if you're in the struggle, right now you're in it. You say, I'm going through it. I don't, know, you, I, I'm not, I don't know if you're being persecuted. I don't know what's going on in your family. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your health or your marriage or with your kids or with your job. I don't know what's happening to you, but if you're going through it right now, I wanna pray for you. I wanna respond to the Lord in obedience. So if that's you and you're just going through it right now, come right up to the front, press, press in. You say, I'm going through it right now. I'm in the struggle right now. Come forward, press up to the front so to make room for others. I'm going through it right now, come on. I'm going through the struggle right now. If that's you, just come right up, right up to the front, come on. 
Yep, press in. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're going to wait on the Lord for a minute. We're going to let God speak to us. We're going to let God uh, just lead us through the valley of the shadow of death this morning. Come on, just press in. Come on, scoot up there. I need, still need some room. Go ahead, just scoot up. There you go. Well, there's people coming down the aisles. Just make room. That's you this morning. Now I want you just to position yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going through it right now. Come on, Lord, I'm going through it right now. And I want to speak over you, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. He is walking with you right now. The presence of Jesus is with you right now. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is every tear he puts into a bottle, every tear he writes down in his book. He is with you right now in the struggle, in the heartache, in the pain. Whatever's going on in your life, in your body, in your marriage, in your family, in your job, in your, whatever's going on around you, he's with you right now in it. He's with you right now in it. You are not alone. He's with you right now. Right now. Oh, yes. We're just going to wait on the Lord. Job 36, he speaks to you in your distress. Come on, right now. Or would you speak to every heart right now? Would you whisper your love, your encouragement, your compassion? Oh, he's so compassionate. The kindness of the Lord over you right now. I just speak the kindness of the Lord over your heart and over your life right now in Jesus' name. The kindness of God oh, to take you by the hand and lead you. Some of you feel like you're just like the three Hebrew children. You're standing in it. Please know he's standing in it with you. He's standing in it with you. And when you come out of it, you're not even going to smell like smoke. You're going to be free of your of your of what has you bound. But right now, right now, let him be in it with you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, would you just move through this room and stand with your people? Right now in Jesus name, would you just move through this room and stand with your people? Spirit is just rearranging things in your heart, in your life, in your mind. He's just setting you free. Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the savior. Jesus, the deliverer. Jesus, the king. 
see him just standing behind you, just supporting your back and just holding you up. I see Jesus just behind you, holding your back with two hands and just holding you up. He's with you. I see Jesus just singing songs of deliverance over you. Jesus moving in your life and stirring up your love for him this morning. I see Jesus drawing you into a deeper relationship with him than you've ever known. Can we just say that together? Lord, draw me closer. Jesus, draw me closer to you. All over this room, whether up front or in the back, doesn't matter where you are, would you just say that to the Lord? Say, Lord, draw me closer to you. Good. Oh, come on, let's just sing it together. You are good. You are good. Good. Oh, you are good. I know you are good. Oh, you are good. to somebody and you're you, you just are you're full of faith to just come put your hand on somebody's shoulder and let God just do a work in somebody's life with you would you just come up and just put your hand on somebody's shoulder and just begin to just pray for them pray what God puts in your heart what God puts in your life just if you're up here just don't don't rush away just receive just receive come on just put position your heart to just receive and hear from God this morning Anybody on the prayer team or ministry team that you would just come forward and put your hand on somebody? Come on, just let God speak to you. Let him see what, would you just look and see what God's doing right now, right up here and just come and join with God. God wants to bring deliverance this morning. God wants to deliver somebody from addiction this morning. God's delivering somebody from the, from the chains of addiction right now in Jesus name be healed be delivered right now in Jesus name would you just wait for somebody to lay hands on you don't don't rush away just we're gonna just take time with God this morning
just going to put those up if you want to respond to those. But if you're up at the altar, you just keep up at the front. You just keep praying. You just keep meeting with God. Here's some words for prayer that uh, the, the team felt beforehand. Go ahead. The release from bondage that you've been carrying. God wants to release you from the bondage you've been carrying. God wants to bring boldness and fearlessness to share the gospel and to seek the greater things of the kingdom. Is there another one up there, guys? He's saying, expect more and let faith rise in you. And then someone hungry and searching for something deeper and don't know where to start. This is what God wants to do. If that's you and you want to respond to that, just come forward. Someone wants to pray with you about those specific things. Come on up. We're not going to rush out of this time. Let's sing that. Let's just keep singing here, Jesse. Come on, let's sing it together. Good. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.